Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today, I am so excited for my conversation with my guest, Julie Lewin. And before I bring her on, just a couple of announcements. First, if you have not had the opportunity to grab my free 20-minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you grab that on my website mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you're coming to Hawaii, then definitely come see me on one of my big island UFO tours. So come to the Kona side and experience the night sky in a whole new way using the Advanced Generation 3 Military Night Vision Goggles. So without further ado, going to bring on Julie. Hello, Julie. <laughs> Hello, Lisa. I am so thrilled to be here. Yes, and all the way from Queensland, Australia. So yeah. I, I can't wait for this conversation. Let me share your bio with the audience so they mm -hmm. know why I am so excited for this. Okay, and what your modality though, I I forgot to ask you before we got on how to pronounce that. So if I butcher it, then you can correct me. So hold on just a minute. Julie Lewin, a world-renowned medical intuitive, is the founder of the accredited energy medicine modality. And what's it called? Arakira. Arakira. Okay. Throughout her life, she has explored diverse metaphysical phenomena, including experiences with extraterrestrials and multidimensional realities. Leveraging her profound encounters and insights, Julie has dedicated her career to the intricate interplay between health, energy medicine, and the mysterious cosmos, providing a unique perspective on holistic well-being. Well, I can I cannot wait to talk to you about your experiences, but before we get into any of that and your modality, I would love for you to share with me in the audience kind of how you grew up, spiritual, religious, something else, so that we understand this transition into the work you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was five, my my parents didn't go to church. Well, before my mum married my dad, she used to, but my dad was a bit anti so they they didn't they weren't churchgoers but my mum started my sister and I going to Sunday school when I was five and she was three and a half so we were we were little tots and I went to Sunday school at the Methodist Sunday school gosh till I was 11 and after school during the week, I went to Salvation Army Girls Brigade at the same, once I started school. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that I didn't want to go to Sunday school anymore. And mum said, well, you have to find something else at the same time. As a parent now, I know that was her break from having us at home. And um, so I did judo. And judo has quite a spiritual um, theory behind it. So we did judo for a few years. And then we got sent to a Catholic high school. So I had I arrived at school before 8 a.m. by the bus. So anyone who was at school at 8 a.m. had to go to chapel. So I went to chapel every morning. And I learned the guitar there and I was in the the liturgical band, so did chapel. And then when I was 15, I met a Salvation Army boy and 
So we went to youth group on Friday night and church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. So I did that for three years. So I kind of shopped around a lot of different churches. I, I think I went to all of them. I went to Mormon for a while with my friend and I went to the Lutheran. I went to Baptist. And then when I married my husband, he was Anglican. So <clears throat> I'd had such a, I, I wouldn't call it traumatic, but the, the kids, when I grew up in the 60s, there was a big division between Catholics and Protestants mm. and it was very prevalent in our neighbourhood. And so the Catholic kids would say, you're going to hell because you're not baptised. And it really had an imprint on me and a fear. And so when I got married and we made babies, I had our children baptised and I got baptised and we're all Anglican, but we don't go to church. But when I was five in that little Methodist church, an extraordinary thing happened. Someone must have been being baptised. And so the Sunday school kids were allowed to come and sit very quietly at the back of the church to experience it. And I don't know what the Methodist churches are like in the US, but in Australia they were little timber, like A-frame, kind of like that, with a little, little door at the front. And I was sitting at the back and we were singing this song, Telephone to Glory, Oh What Joy Divine, You Can Speak to Jesus on the Royal Telephone Line. That's all I remember. And the sun was shining through the door and there were all these dust mites floating in the air and I had this out-of-body experience that I was one with the universe and that God had found me and I fell in love with God. And so that's the foundation of my connection with God and Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with Jesus, um, but I don't go to a traditional church. I just live it moment to moment, day to day. And um, so that's what started it. And then, you know, the adventure began with all of the metaphysical and and I had experiences where I knew things that my mum would say, how can you know that? And I'd say, I don't know. So that's kind of how it started. Okay. Well, so how did you get into being a medical intuitive? Oh, like, like yeah. did you have careers before that or a job or career or did you just? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I started working in a supermarket at 15, as most Australian kids do. And, and then I became a secretary at a mining company and and then I left home and moved to the city and I was married. I was 25 and we had a seven-month-old baby and my friend said, you're having a psychic reading. I said, oh, no, no, no. That's like telling me I had a date with the devil. Mm. She said, oh, no, you are. 
so she made me have this psychic reading. I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I didn't know what was going to happen. And um, he changed my life. He basically said, if you keep going the way that you are, your marriage will fail. You'll remarry quickly. That marriage will fail. You'll have very few happy moments in your life. You will be very ill in your 30s and 40s and die at 53. That's a half an hour condensed down. Wow. <laughs> I know. I had a right to be terrified. And then he goes, but you have a nun and a monk behind you. And if and you have another destiny. And he said, if you choose that destiny, your marriage will survive. You will overcome the illnesses in your 30s and 40s. You will have many happy moments in your life. You will live into your 90s and be of great benefit to the world. You have a special gift of x-ray vision and you can see inside of people's bodies. Okay. I said, right, well, how do I do that? And he said, I don't know, I'm just the messenger. So that was me as a 25-year-old with a seven-month-old baby. Uh -huh. And and I knew the truth of what he was saying because I was actually thinking about ways that I could leave my husband. Mm. So I lay in bed at night and I said, God, if you want me to do this, you show me how. And so I started seeing movies happening in my mind and I started seeing eyes appear on the ceiling, the ceiling, the walls would disappear and I was seeing from my bed the stars in the sky. So I started having all of these metaphysical experiences and I was on a mission to learn how to do it and, you know, back in the 1980s, there, A, there wasn't an internet, B, there weren't any teachers, so I had to teach myself through trial and error and yeah. experimenting and, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so how long did it take you to really, like, hone that gift? Um, look, in the, I guess I started that next probably took me maybe 15, 18 months before I had the courage to say to someone, I can see inside your body. Mm -hmm. And I chose the girl that made me go to the clairvoyant. And I, um, I think she rang me and I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I just travelled through your body and you're pregnant. She said, Julie, I'm not pregnant. I said, but I could see it. It was like flashing light. She said, no, I'm not. And six weeks later she rang me and said, how did you know? I said, I don't know, I just saw it. So that was my first experience that I actually had been inside of her body. And so that was... 37 years ago, yeah. My wow. son was a baby and he's 38 in January, yeah. Okay, wow. Well, that is incredible. So so I guess because you were able to see that, then your, your clairvoyance is highly tuned in. 
Look, I was practicing. What happened was, I remember now, I then went and did a psychic development course for eight weeks. And I developed all of my clairs. Like I practiced every day, mm. every single day. I I practiced all of the clairs. And so they're all highly developed now, 40, nearly 40 years on. And um, yeah, so Lisa, I believe that anyone can develop their clairs, yeah. but you do need to practice. Yeah. Yes. And, and in the practicing, you actually are wrong a lot of the time. But the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's an important message for people to hear because we're, we yeah. talk often about some of the different clairs and people share their clairs, but you're right. It's like, it's like building a muscle, right? Oh, you have yeah. to practice. You yeah. have to be willing to be wrong. In Correct. The practice. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and a lot of people are afraid to be wrong. That's the gift. The being wrong is the gift because you've tried something and that didn't work. So you learn, you try something else, try something else, and then suddenly it will click. But if you are too afraid to try, then you won't ever get to the, the moment where it clicks. Yeah, beautiful. Well, so, okay, so then when you started honing these skills, did you all of it, you then started your business or were you just kind of no. practicing a little bit or like when did you fully then step in and, and declare, <laughs> declare it to the oh. world? <laughs> so this moment happened uh, in 1994, so 10 years later. Okay. I would practice on anyone who would let me, but I didn't, didn't, it wasn't a business. I was a, I was a legal secretary, like I was fully into corporate. And um, so a TV show called The Extraordinary. Have you heard of that TV show? Yeah. Okay. So it, it came out on TV around the world in 1994. And my mum saw it and she said, oh, Julie, did you see that show? It, there's something on there. There's a person on there that does something like what you do. I said, no, I haven't. So I started watching and I thought I can be on that show. And it took me two weeks to actually get to speak to the producer because every time I dialed the number, I got an upset stomach and had a, had to hang <laughs> up. And um, and they they were really lovely and they said, well, can you prove your story? And I said, well, my mum, and they said, uh, no, that's not proof. I said, well, what about a doctor, a psychologist and a nurse? And they said, yes. And they had happened to come to dinner and um, one the doctor's patient, he was a palliative care doctor and one of their patients um, had a high fever and I said, because I'd been telling them about what I could do. And I said, do you want me to tune in and tell you what I find? And he said, oh, that would be good. I said, you have to ask the parents. So he did that. And I told him what I found. And he said, I don't know how you did that, Julie, but that is the situation with my patient. 
I said, I can bring his fever down. Do you want me to do that? He said, yes. So, because we hadn't had dessert. And I said, all right, I'll bring the fever down. And he said, I don't know what you did, but the fever's down and I'll check in on my way home. And I worked with that family for years after that because they thought that he would transition, but he didn't. And so, you know, sometimes we don't understand what's possible, Mm -hmm. but I was kind of opening doors and discovering what was possible. And then after I was on the TV show, my world literally exploded and it was back in the day, no internet, it was all snail mail and phone calls and I got tens of thousands of letters from around the world. And so it took me three years to work my way through responding to all the letters. And so my business started from a TV show that, um, but the funny thing was I'd said to my boss, can I work four days a week, not five, because people are going to pay me to talk to them. He, he, He literally did this. He rocked back in his chair and he said, Julie, that's not going to happen. And I said, watch me. And that was even before the TV show. I don't even know. I had business cards made. I don't know how I knew. And um, and it happened. So that was when it all began in 1994. So that's 20, is it 29 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's so incredible. So then, okay, so the person that you, that, that person that was on the palliative care, then were you physically with them or do you need to be physically with someone to be able to see or how does that work for you? All I need is the full name and date of birth. So I'm rarely physically with my clients. But did I go and visit that boy? Yes, I did. But I don't need to be physically with them. And when we got Zoom or Skype, Skype before Zoom, I just did all my work via Skype or Zoom. But before that, I did it over the phone. I I would just be on the phone and and do my sessions. Yeah. Okay. So you really can tap in like you without. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, it's incredible. So, so now you actually have a modality that you teach people. Yes, yes, so I have. That. So when when I moved to the country um, in 2010, so 13, nearly 14 years ago, I had to physically find a way to do the techniques that I was doing on the hands-on clients in Brisbane, I had to be able to guide them to do it themselves. And so it wasn't that hard for me to guide my clients because what I originally was doing, like originally I could see and I would tell people what I saw and send them away. You, You need to go and find a therapist that can help you or go to the doctor, do X, Y, Z. And then I said, Dear God, this is, 
can't I help these people? And so I was shown to put my hands above their body and then I would see a movie in my mind and then people started saying, what are you doing? And I'd say, can you feel that? And they'd say, yes, it's like your hands are inside my body moving things around. And I went, oh, that's pretty wild. So then when I had a client with the same symptoms, I would do the same vision and they got the same outcome. So I realized I was being shown how to develop these techniques that were repeatable. And so then I started teaching people how to do these techniques and they were getting the same results. So it grew. It grew through experimenting, through being willing to fail, being willing to make mistakes. And I developed an understanding of the energy body and the energy field and the metaphysics of who we are. We're not just a human physical form. We're an emotional body, a, a mental body, a spiritual body, an auric body, an energy body, an etheric body. They're the seven bodies that I work with. So I grew into it. And, and then in 2014, I applied to the International Institute for Complementary Therapists to have my modality accredited as a healing modality. And they said yes. And so it's fully certified and insur I've got insurance for it. And so then I started um, teaching people and what I discovered was that I was trying to cram 30 years into three days and I was frying people's brains with the, the magnitude of what I was trying to do. And so I then thought, okay, well, maybe if I, instead of teaching them 50-plus techniques in three days, I'll teach them 12, and that was in 2020, and they only learned three. And I went, what happened to the other nine? And then because I had to pivot and do it all online, mm -hmm. I said, all right, we'll do it all again over six weeks and I'll teach you two a week. They still only learned one. And so <laughs> then I said, all right, let's do another 12, but I'll do it one a week. They learned all of them and they're still using them today. So what I learned was that Arakira is a somatic modality. It has to be embodied and you to embody it, you have to take time. And so we, we literally have just launched um, this week the modality apprenticeship. So it's a 12-year apprenticeship and it's learning one modality, one technique a week and embodying it and, and then, you know, I'm going to see if I can download nearly 40 years into a year of teaching people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so people who might be listening or watching this, um, mm. do they need to have any prior experience in anything before they might, like, sign up for your training? Yes, yeah, so, look, we, we do have an eligibility process and 
originally what we thought is we we want to work we want to train people who are already practitioners of something so that they've got that their own foundation and then they learn our energy medicine and they can like blend it with what they're doing I think that's probably the best word so that everybody who learns our Akira is going to use it differently because of their other history and their other knowledge and they're, they're, they already will have a client base. So it's not like they're new kids on the block and they've never done this before and they've got no self-confidence. Okay. So we want people who have already worked with people, they've got some self-confidence, they know that what they do works, but we're going to expand their their um magic or their what they can help people do in facilitating the arakira it's it's energy medicine and it's um yes so they do need to have a at least a, a modality that they've they've studied and trained in and they've got some confidence yes okay okay so is this method is it what you do as a medical intuitive, or is it a little bit different? So as a medical intuitive, I think everyone has to create, has to develop their own method for the knowing. Okay. Yeah. I think that the knowing part of it, I I will teach how I do it, but not everyone has my clairs. So everyone has their own clair that they've developed. So I will teach that, but the modality is actually what you do when people, you know what's wrong with people, yeah? Okay. This is what I say to everyone who contacts me. The the medical intuition part of it is like this. It doesn't matter what's going wrong or off in your body. The magic is how do we remedy that? How do we bring you back to health? How do we bring you back to homeostasis? It's not focusing on what's wrong with you. It's okay, yeah, we've got that list. Now we work on helping you remedy that. How do we get you back to good health? And, um, like, I I worked with this young man recently and he said, I've got something rare. I, I don't know that you can figure out what I've got. And so I said, okay. And I felt the pressure. Like I really felt the pressure. I know. I I was being tested. And so I just thought, okay, Julie, you've been doing this a long time. Just do your natural thing. I wrote everything down. And he said, you're 100% accurate. How do you know that? I said, well, I'm not labeling your condition. I'm telling you where I'm feeling the energy is blocked because as a medical intuitive, we can't give a medical diagnosis. That's illegal for us to do that. Only a doctor is allowed to give a medical diagnosis. And I'm very strong on that. And But I will say there's issues with your arms. My arms felt very heavy and painful. And he said, that's exactly how it feels. 
And I said, okay, well, we will work on your nerves in your arms. And I guided him through the process. Mm -hmm. He did the process. It's an interactive journey that you do with your client. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we worked on other parts of his body. And an hour later I got a message saying I had a nap and my arms didn't go numb and my my legs only did this thing for one minute and I napped. He said, I haven't napped for two years. Wow. So they're the sorts of things that I want to help practitioners all around the world, help their clients get these sorts of, like, they, they feel like miracles for them because they've tried the medical route for so long and they've not got anywhere and they come and see me for an hour and they've got relief. But I'm on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world. So when when you work with energy, there the, the distance isn't a factor. Mm-hmm. It's it's in in another realm, I guess. Yeah. Of where we're working. And so you can work anywhere in the world when you know how to to do that and that's um, that's my mission okay well so with with the clients that you've had um yeah. is does it only take one session or or does it depend on what is going on with that person it just, yeah it depends on what's going on um sometimes i work with people uh, one session, two sessions. Some people have five sessions. Like, for example, if someone has cancer, and I do work with cancer patients, it's more than one session to work with someone with cancer because I, I have a protocol that I know works. But the other thing about chronic illness or um, disease is it didn't just happen overnight. It happened over time. And so it's our emotions and the stress and the the mindset, all of that needs to be unpacked as well. So I do a process where we unpack what created that and releasing. So there's a it's not just like a visualizing technique that that works great for certain things. But I like to work with the emotions. I like to work with the mindset. I like to work spiritually. It's a it's a combination of all the things that make us who we are and what created the dis-ease in our body. Yeah. Beautiful. So what would be maybe your one or two like most amazing recoveries that people have had by working with you? Wow. Okay, so when, so I had cancer in 2000 and I had surgery and, and you know, I felt great the next day. Like I knew that it was gone and, and then I decided that I didn't want to be a medical intuitive anymore in 2011. I wanted to be a copywriter and write sales copies for online entrepreneurs. Wow. That was the most stressful time of my entire life and I just got sicker and sicker and sicker and I was still under the cancer clinic 
and um, my bloods were bad and I'd grown, I'd grown cancer again on my collarbone. And um, a friend of mine loaned me a book, no, he gave me a book um, by David Wilcock, The Hidden Science of Lost Civilizations. It's full of quantum research and I love that book and I highlighted it, I wrote under it and um, my husband's sending me messages. I, I, I discovered all these new techniques and I thought I'm going to just do that every single night. And I had another client who had prostate cancer at the same time and we were meeting maybe every six weeks and I was taking him through his body and we were releasing the emotion that was building up. And we did that for maybe eight months. And then he stopped booking sessions and I went back to the cancer clinic and they said, we don't know what you've done but you have the best bloods in 13 years and you've reduced that nodule by 50%. Keep doing what you're doing. So what I did was I reduced my stress. I quit my job, but I did these techniques every single night. I did not pass a night. Mm -hmm. But the client that had the prostate cancer, he did the same and he did his techniques every single night Three years later, he rang, he texted me and said, I think we need to chat. And I said, that would be great. He said, I just wanted to tell you I don't have cancer anymore. I said, what did you do? He said, your techniques. And I said, that's amazing, really amazing. So th there's two stories that yeah. we, we both recovered and, um, yeah, yeah, so... I have so many stories, Lisa, I could go on all day, but they, I think that's pretty remarkable. Okay, that is remarkable. And I mean, one of the things that I love having people like you on because our bodies have an amazing ability to heal themselves. Yeah. We have all of this stuff within us. We do. And so, and it's not that we don't need Western medicine for some things, but it is not the be all end all. Yeah, we we need a combo. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes surgery is the answer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes penicillin is the answer. But when you couple that with energy medicine, and I can tell you, I grid the operating theater for anyone who asks me. It's a free service. They just have to give me their name and the time, and I will grid it with energy. 100% of the time, people give me feedback and they say, after the surgery, my surgeon said that was the best one of those surgeries I've ever done and they recover well. Okay. <laughs> so if yeah. anyone has anything going on, contact, contact me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit because I really want to get into, you know, this is connection to the cosmos and cosmos yes. means a lot of things, but yes. especially because you have this extraterrestrial and multidimensional reality kind of experiences. Yes. Really, yes. I personally want to know about some of those experiences that you've had. Well, shall I share? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's probably fair to say that 
I have had experience since I was a child. I grew up in a house where aliens, extraterrestrials were talked about at the dinner table. Okay. Um, my parents were very um, into this sort of stuff. And um, I used to jokingly say to my mum, and she said, Julie, don't you ever say that on, on video. But she's passed now and she's probably up there going, Julie. <laughs> and I'd say, you know what, mum, I reckon the aliens came and impregnated you with me and that I'm half alien. And she said, Julie, please don't say that. But I, I do have an affinity. I have had many dreams of being with aliens, mm-hmm. um, but I've also had awake experiences with the extraterrestrials. And I think I want to share this one with you. After I was on the TV show, in 1994, a naturopath invited me to come and work out at their clinic down in Melbourne in the January, so maybe a few months later, early 1995. And <clears throat> my husband went to take my our kids to my sister. So I was in the bed alone and I just was like shocked awake. I'd had an experience on the drive down that they were tracking me mm-hmm. and that they knew where we were and I've worked this thing out. I'm I'm going to segue because I'm now in the car. We just pulled into a service station or I don't know where where you buy petrol. Yeah. And we rolled the seats back and we just slept in the car because I felt safe there. But I got woken up because what happens is my body freezes, but I'm awake, I'm conscious, and I know that they're connecting. And I also know that if I can touch another human, then the the connection breaks, but I have to be able to move my frozen body. And so I was able to move and touch my husband, and then my body relaxed, and, and I thought, oh, we're safe now, I'm safe. And then the next night we were in Melbourne and I'm in bed alone, so I can't touch another another human. Mm-hmm. And so then I had this experience where I was in a field of wheat and there was one little tree and there's this um, spacecraft. It was round and the dome and then like like that and it had legs that came down, the stairs came down, mm-hmm. and four beings, not un, not dissimilar to what you have in your room there, came out. They told me their names. One was Ling. Another one, it sounded like Miguel, but I don't know if it was. I don't remember the other two. And they spoke to me in the field. Mm. And I, I don't remember what they said, and then they were gone and I was back conscious in, in the bed. And then the next day, the lady naturopath, we went out for, I don't know, Chinese. So we had tea and she said, let me read your tea leaves. I went, okay. She <laughs> said, who's Ling? 
I said, you are kidding me. Wow. She said, who's Ling? And I went, well, I had this experience last night. So that's not the half of it. The Ling worked with me with my clients. Like the, we, they were teaching me how to do some of the work that I've got in Arakira. And but the flip side of it is I would get this pain kind of, I'll just see if I can show you. Like my my heart just there, it felt like the pain was kind of about that far out. Okay. But it felt like it was penetrating me. And and then I'd say, oh no, you can't take me now. I'm driving. So they didn't physically take my body. They took my soul or my essence. And so I remember I was on my way to my friend's house. She was doing a, she was learning shiatsu massage. And so she was going to do a practice. I ran up the stairs. I said, we have to do it right now, down on the massage table. And then I was gone. And what happened? I was in a spacecraft. I was in the universe and the walls were like metal. It, it was silver and I was walking down a corridor. And you know how in the old days, the Florence Nightingale days, the nurse would walk beside the doctor. He'd have his hands behind his back and he'd be nodding and listening. It was exactly like that. And they took me to, they used the word infirmary. So mm. they took me to their infirmary and there were these cocoons, just like out of that movie where there were the cocoons mm -hmm. and they lifted the lid up and there was one just like behind there. The eyes were closed in this cocoon and they said, we have tried everything and we don't know how to fix our our people. Mm -hmm. So I put that they have like little collarbones just here. So I put my fingers on the collarbones like that and just held my hands there and the eyes opened. And they said, how did you do that? Because the eyes haven't opened for days. And I said, I don't know. And then what happened because I tuned in, I said, where have you been? I said, because this is radiation poisoning. Mm. And they said to me, we have been in Lake Superior oh. in the Great Lakes. Yeah. This is back in the 1990s, right, before the internet. Right. And then I said, right. I said, you can't go there because it's radioactive and it's making your people sick. And so they took me to the front of the craft where, like, it was a really big window and it was exactly like Google Earth. You know how Google Earth goes like that and magnifies? We didn't even have the internet, but I had that experience. We went right to Lake Superior and I said, well, you can't come here anymore. And they said, we have to because there's a metal at the bottom of the lake that we need. Oh. And four days later, 
they whisked me up there again and there's twice as many sick. And I said, you can't be doing this. And so they said, please, can you just fix them? And mm -hmm. then, you know, they, I, I have other places that I go and that Ling appears. So Ling is the, the main one that I work with. And then I can go years and I don't work with them and then they pop up again. And so they're, I say they're friendlies. And um, I, I have so many experiences. I don't know how many you want to hear. Well, I just, I absolutely love that story. I mean, on so many different levels because, well, for, and number one, um, yeah, there have been a lot of craft sightings around the Great Lakes. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. And they're craft coming in and out of the water, the transmedium. Oh, Oh, I've and, got goosebumps. I know. And so the fact that they there's a metal or something, you know, that, that yeah. they're after at the bottom, because some of these water groups, you know, they have underwater bases that they're they're utilizing. But if there's something right. practical, like a metal that they're trying yeah. to contact, then that makes total sense as well. Yeah, because they would have been in the water and that's how they got the, the radioactive... I read about 10 years ago, so 20 years after this experience, that the lake, the lakes are radioactive. Okay, interesting. I, yeah. Anyway, so, that, so that's pretty incredible. <laughs> and, um, and also the other thing is that, you know, that they were having you help them yeah. heal yeah. their people. Yeah. And, I mean, just how beautiful. And, again, that you thought, and and perhaps it is true that you are part ET, you know, because they they can tinker in the womb and they can they can modify well, that. You know, Lisa, what made me think that my mum was so ill when she was pregnant with me that she vomited for nine months. Wow. She was very ill, and she said I was born full term at five pound twelve. So I was very small mm -hmm. and I was never, um, like I, I didn't have a thriving constitution mm -hmm. and I was always, like there's there's all these odd things about my constitution and so, you know, yeah, I, I just feel like I am different. Yeah. yeah. I... I resonate with that very strongly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, well, oh my gosh. I I don't even know how much, if we have time for more stories, because I, but I want to hear more and have. Are, I have, have one really amazing story. Okay. Why, why don't I share that? Okay. So we moved house so that our kids could be near, really close to their school. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things happened in that house. But this one night, I was awoken by a light coming in the bedroom window. And my husband used to drive a taxi and he would get up at 3 a.m. And so I was kind of used to disturbance at the that time of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And all I thought was, oh, Frank's just driven in the driveway. And as I'm lying there, I thought, yeah. 
but the driveway is in front of the lounge room window, not in front of the bedroom window. And then I was aware that I was at the top of the ceiling looking down on this vision of a very tall man, like seven foot, um, more this colour here, more like um, trying to look human, but there was something off, if that makes sense. Yeah. He looked yeah. Scandinavian, like he had blonde, blonde hair, but very tall. And he started doing this, throwing $50 notes on the bed. Okay. Now, that is what my husband would do when he came home from a day of driving taxi. He was pretending to be my husband. Okay. And he was throwing $50 notes. And then I'm going, wait, because he could hear my thoughts. My husband doesn't do that at in the dark of the morning. You're yeah. not my husband and you're not taking me. He said, oh, yes, I am. I said no, and he'd come around the other side of the bed and I kind of landed back in my body and I got out of bed and I got into bed with my son mm -hmm. and I said, you can't take me. I know how to stop you from taking me. And um, he he disappeared. But the the whole experience of me being aware of everything the light woke me up coming in the window. I don't know who he was, okay. but I was scared. But these ones behind you, I'm not scared of them. Okay. Well, and I'm curious, the ones that you are not afraid of that you do the healing work with, do they have, is their skin color more of a gray color or blue color or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more the color there that you have, but they don't have five fingers. Yeah. They have four. Uh -huh. And they're longer, like way longer. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're kind of like, how do I do this? Like about out about like there. Uh-huh. But their fingers come down to where you wouldn't imagine their knees are. Like their their arms are really long. Okay. Down to where the knees are. And look, there are some others that were coming in. Oh, I, I have one more story. Okay. Okay, we have time, I think. We have, um, we have about eight minutes left. <laughs> okay, I came back from being flown to Ireland and while I was in Ireland, the, the guy that I went to see had AIDS and he they wanted me to help him. And he suddenly said to me, Julie, do you know the beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet? I said, Alpha, I don't know the end. He said, Omega. I said, why do you ask? He said, no reason wouldn't tell me. I fly back and we're driving back to our house and standing in the middle of the road was this man and he was standing like this, like he was terrified and didn't know how to be a human. And so telepathically I said, you're an alien. And, and his head spun around like that, like he heard me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I was right. And then <laughs> the next day I had um, a client and I could hear this noise. Can you hear that? I can, yeah. But it was way louder than that. 
Yeah. And he was sitting with his hands on his knees like this. And I thought, that's an odd way to sit. And he said to me, can you hear that noise? I said, yes, I can. He said, what do you think it is? And I thought, I could lie or I could tell the truth. Uh I said, it sounds like a spaceship. He Mm. said, exactly. And I could be an alien. I said, yes, you could. And he said, do you know the beginning and the end of the Greek alphabet? I said, yes, I do. The alpha and the omega, why do you ask? No reason. He just stood up and left. Okay. (laughs) And I thought, damn, I think he was an alien. But what's this thing about the alpha and the omega? And then a little while after that, I was so exhausted from working with eight people a day and I said to myself, if you were your patient, Julie, what would you tell yourself? And I said, I would use a crystal. So I got a crystal out of my bathroom. Oh, I have it. I have it. This one. Oh, my mum found that. And so I put the point into my hand like that mm-hmm. and I lay on the bed. I felt this current come up my arm and then my mouth started doing this and I, my heart was racing and I went, oh, you can't do this. Um, um, Frank's not here, the kids. And I saw in my vision this man like in the distance, mm-hmm. long white hair, long white beard, long white robes standing there and I went, oh, you're God, poof, disappeared. And I went, oh, my goodness, I saw God and I was scared. And so I sat up on the bed and looked down on the floor and there was a little Bible about that big in lime green and I went, all right, that wasn't there when I lay down. And I put my hands on it and I said, okay, there's a message here for me, please reveal it. And I opened to Revelations. One eight, and the very first words I read was, I am the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. And it goes on to say, with the long white hair, the long white beard, the long white robe, and the golden staff. And I went, Oh my gosh, they were giving me messages for that. So I kind of just feel like the universe was guiding me to that moment mm-hmm. to tell me that I'm on track and that I'm doing what I need to be doing. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This, it's fascinating. I love hearing your stories. You are a great storyteller, by the way. Um, and if you haven't written down your stories, I would highly suggest to you that you might consider that. Thank you. I I did start one time, but I haven't finished. Okay. But in our last, just, we just have another minute left, but I would love for you to share with the audience, like how to find you, what socials you're on, your website, all of that. Okay. So I have a website called julielewin.com. If you want to look at more um, for the Arakira training. There's dreamclientattraction.com. There's a webinar there that I've done that people are telling me is brilliant. 
um, Julie, Medical Intuitive Julie Lewin on Insta. We have Medical Intuitive Julie Lewin on Facebook, a page, Julie and Tash on TikTok, and we have a Julie and Tash. So they're, they're, I'm all over the place, but TikTok, Julie and Tash, you'll find loads of videos that where I share different stuff. Um, and I have a YouTube channel, Julie Lewin. So there's videos on there as well. Well, excellent. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And Thank you. I really, like, I appreciate you being on here with me. And I'm sure that the audience has enjoyed this as much as I have. So thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And for those watching or listening, thank you for your time and hope you enjoyed this. Definitely contact Julie if you have anything going on or you want to be trained in her method. And I will see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha. Aloha.